bunch of God stuff went to happen. Stuff you couldn't explain, stuff you couldn't put your finger on. You know, you can't always, most of the time, a lot of times, you can't explain God. And, you know, God does stuff like put a little girl to the piano, sing a little song, and then everybody goes weeping and crying and getting an altar like happened Sunday morning. That's God's stuff. You can't explain it. There's no way, there's no way to calculate it, no way to figure it out. See? So what happened was they went to preaching. The Holy Ghost got to working with them. All of a sudden, a bunch of God's stuff got to happen, and there was signs following. Now watch it. We're not done. <laughs> i got to watch it. Let's get... Uh, Let's get Luke's account. Let's get Luke's account. Luke chapter number 24. And of course, we know that Mark's account likely came from Peter. Luke probably gained this from a lot of the preaching of Paul and his times around the disciples. But look at verse number 51. Luke 24, verse 51. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he parted from them and carried up into heaven. Hmm. Hmm. Was parted from them and carried up into heaven. That's that's interesting. That's an interesting way to phrase that. Did y'all see what makes that interesting? It doesn't say and was carried up. Don't you think that's... Isn't that the way you have said it? And was carried up. That ain't what, that ain't what your Bible said. See, that's why it's important to read slow. Look. He parted from them and carried up, and carried up into heaven. That word parted, diahistema, literally here's the thing. <laughs> the picture is this. God the Father just reached down. Come got right down next to his son (laughs) and said, let's go home. (laughs) And they got carried up. (laughs) They got carried up. Parted from the disciples. Carried up God the Father. He's put his arms around his son. Now watch this. Remember I told you there was some signs that accompanied. Well, Luke tells us the signs. Look here. Verse number 53, or verse 52. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So Mark and Luke, both ameners. Amen. Watch this. Here's the signs that followed them. Number one, they were continually in the temple. Now, they didn't have a big, nice church to go to. They said, we've got to, uh, we got to worship God. All we know to do is go down to the temple. Why is that bunch that crucified the Lord? They said, all we know is that that's, we've been set aside for God. We've got to go down there and worship God. So they, were, they had a desire. God put in within them a, uh, the signs that followed was a desire to congregate together. Now in 2020, we all learned how to social distance. If I don't ever hear them two words put together again, it'll be all right with me. (laughs) We all learned how to social distance. 
Now this coming first Sunday in June, <laughs> we're starting a, a whole new vision here at the church. I didn't lay out a vision in, in January, but we're going to start a whole new vision for the summer. The Lord has laid it on me and we're going to call it a focus on fellowship because we've spent a whole year going, stay away from me. <laughs> I think it's a good time now to say, how do you do, brother? Hallelujah. And we're going to focus on fellowship. And we got some different things that we're going to do to try and help that happen. Uh, but we're going to work on fellowshipping one with another. And you're going to see things that are going to be a little different. We're going to focus on Sunday school and try to get some folks interested in Sunday school. We're going to do a few little things that's going to be a little different than what you've ever seen. But if you'll just go with the flow here just a little bit, I believe, I believe the Lord help us. Uh, but we're going to encourage folks to just be around and talk and fellowship and be around one another because that's so important in the church. Well, after these disciples saw the Lord, the first thing they wanted to do is be around folks. They said, let's go get around some folk. So they were continually, they were continually in the temple. Now watch this. Praising and blessing God. Son, I looked these two words up right here, and I like to have me a spell today. Watch this. That word, that word praise, anoito in the Greek, it means to extol. I understand that, but watch this. That word means to recommend. <laughs> to recommend. I like that right there. To recommend. So they went in the temple and they surprised him. What was they doing? Let me tell you about the Lord. Boy, I tell you, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I was lost in my sin on my way to hell. Boy, he saved me. Let me tell you what he done for me. Let me tell you how he helped me. Let me tell you how he answers my prayers. Let me tell you how it works. You know what he did? They're recommending him. I, hey, that's what you do when you praise the Lord. You're saying, let me give the Lord a recommendation. Let me recommend to you a man that can make a difference. Let me make, recommend to you a man that cares. Let me recommend to you a man that'll love you. Oh, that praise, that's just a recommendation. Now watch this. And the Bible said that they also blessed the Lord. That word blessing, it means to consecrate a thing to solemn prayer. <laughs> and so they're praising God, telling them, hey, let me recommend you. And then the next minute they're on their knees, oh God, we need your help. That was the signs that followed. That's interesting. We ain't done, though. Let me show you. Can I show you some Old Testament examples? I got about eight minutes. Let me show you. Let me show you the 110th Psalm. Would you believe the resurrection is in the 110th Psalm? <laughs> now, while you're turning there, can I remind you for just a minute of the validity of your Bible? What are you talking about, preacher? I was reading a book this week. I forget how many hundreds of Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled in detail in the New Testament. It's hundreds and hundreds. Now this guy that I was reading after, he's a statistician. He works with stats. And so Brother Neil, what he did was he took eight prophecies. Now there's hundreds. He took eight. And he said... What is the likelihood of those eight prophecies being fulfilled thousands of years later to the detail? Here's what he said. 
He said the likelihood of that happening is one in 100 to the seventh degree. That's bigger numbers than my mind can comprehend. In other words, it's nearly impossible that those eight prophecies would have been literally fulfilled a thousand years later. It's nearly impossible. But they weren't just eight. <laughs> hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Let me show you one. Let me show you one right here. Y'all okay? 110th Psalm, let me show you. Look what he said. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at thy right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Watch what, watch what happens right here. There's a prophecy by David a thousand years before it happens. A thousand years. You want to think about something mind-blowing? The Bible, more than 40 authors, spanned a time period of thousands of years, and yet something that's written in the 110th Psalm agrees with something that's not only written in the book of Luke, but it's written in the book of Mark, and it's written in the book of Acts. What are the, what's the chances now? I mean, this, if we want to get down to the brass tacks, what are the chances? If I sat down tonight and I, I, I called Billy and I said, Billy, um, you like guns and I like guns. And, uh, and I called uh, Bobby and I said, Bobby, you like guns. And I said, let's, let's, let's three sit down and write a book. I'll write a chapter, you write a chapter, and we'll bring it all together. Now that's three people abiding at the same time, living in the same place. If we all three wrote a chapter this week and we got back in here on Saturday and we sat down and I said, all right, here's my chapter on guns. And Billy said, here's my chapter on guns. And Bobby said, here's my chapter on guns. There would be things in our books that would disagree. And we'd take, it'd take us forever to work it out even if we was all sitting in the same room. Well, I'm going to tell you, David never sat in the same room with uh, Mark. And, and yet, a thousand years later, it all works out and they get it exactly right. I, I'm going to tell you, your Bible is accurate tonight I, and it's worthy of our belief. Now watch. The Lord said unto my Lord. Now that's a crazy... I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Don't that seem like that's a typo? The Lord said unto my Lord, what in the world is he talking about? If you'd have read the 110th Psalm prior to the ascension, you'd have thought David misspoke or something. The Lord said unto my Lord, what does that even mean? That don't even make any sense. And yet you and I tonight, because we got the entirety of the scriptures, we know, that, we know about the triune Godhead. And so here David, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is saying, there was a conversation in heaven. God the Father said to God the Son, that's what thy Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies uh, thy footstool. I, I believe that's what Mark said happened. Amen. I, when the Lord ascended, he sat down on the right hand of God. I, hey, in other words, everything the Bible said, it's exactly the way that it happened. Now watch this. 
Watch this. We see the right hand, it's a symbol of power. It's a symbol of purity. I didn't know this till today, Brother Billy, but you know, Jewish men would not clean themselves using their right hand. They always cleaned using the left hand because that right hand was to remain pure. That's interesting. It's interesting. And then look what he said, make. That word is to force. Thy footstool, I read after a fellow today that said literally what that means is to stomp on. He said, listen, son, sit down on my right hand. There's going to come a day when I'm going to let you stomp on all your enemies. I believe that day's soon coming when he's going to tread out the fiercest, the winepress of the wrath of God. Amen. I ain't got time to deal with them other verses, but you go down through there. And he deals with the millennial reign. Then verse 4, watch this, Neil. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Me and Neil was talking about Melchizedek the day before yesterday. We was talking about the order of Melchizedek over there in the book of Genesis. The prince of Salem. How there's a king priest, a beautiful type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm telling you, the Lord knows what he did. When he wrote, a Bible, when he wrote that Bible, he knew what he's doing. He knew what he's doing. Let me give you just a couple more right here. I promise it won't take me but just a minute. Let's look at the 68th Psalm. 68th Psalm, verse 17. I'm just trying to show you the ascension all through the Scripture here. 68th Psalm, verse 17. Watch it. The chariots of God are 20,000. Even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Look at verse 18. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts from men. Now watch that. It's interesting. 68th Psalm, that's very interesting. We know from Luke's account that two men stood by. or Luke's account in Acts. Two men stood by. I told you I thought those men were angels. Look what David said about it in the 68th Psalm. He said, when the Lord ascends, there's going to be thousands of angels with him. (laughs) Right here's where I was going the whole time. The Lord gets ready to ascend. God the Father takes that Shahana glory cloud and he comes down. (laughs) And out of the sight of mankind... There are thousands of chariots of angels that come riding out of heaven. See, there's a lot happening at the ascension them disciples couldn't see. (laughs) In that spirit realm. Good grief. Two of them, two of them angels, they rode down real close to the real close to land, parked their chariots, tied them up to tied them up to spiritual hitching post, got out of the chariot, (laughs) stood down there next to them fellers, said, What are y'all looking at? (laughs) <laughs> there's that crowd going oh boy they said what y'all looking at there's thousands of angels in the sky that's what David said he said he's led captivity captive he said here he is with all these chariots of angels surrounding taking him up on high you talk about a goodness you talk about a, a reception don't you my mind's going crazy right now. What, 
Don't you reckon what heaven must have been like? The sun's coming home. Here, here he comes, ascended up in that Shahana glory cloud. He's headed toward heaven. And there's thousands of angels riding big old stallions, their noses out, and, and, and them chariots. And there's them angels dressed in white, and bringing the sun home. And the gates lift up, and the everlasting doors lift up. And according to Psalm 24, which is another great ascension chapter, said, Be lifted up, the everlasting gates, and be lifted up, you ever last thought, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord mighty in battle. Here he comes after having won the battle with Satan on Calvary. After having established the church. Here he comes ascending to thousands of angels. My goodness, what a time it must have been in heaven. What a time. What a time. Let's look and see what Paul said about it in Ephesians 4. I'll be done. Ephesians 4, 8. What he said about the, about the ascension. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 8. Watch this. Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. So David quotes that, or Paul quotes that Psalm 68, in case you was wondering whether or not that was really dealing with this. Paul thought it was. And he said he gave gifts to men. Now I'll show you something. People say, boy, it would have been nice to have lived when the Lord was here and we could have talked to the Lord and been around the Lord. And I understand that thought. But let me tell you what he said to his disciples. He said, it's expedient for you that I go away. In other words, what he said, he said, it'll be better for you that I go. Because he said, if I won't go, if I don't go, the comforter won't come. And so Paul deals with that here in Ephesians chapter number 4. He goes on to say he gave some prophets, gave, gave some teachers, gave some apostles, uh, those different things. Or uh, evangelists. Deals with those down through there in Ephesians chapter 4. You know how all of those operate? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, in, while that Christ was here on earth, he was confined to a human body into one place at a time. Jesus said it'll be better for me to go because there's coming one that can be everywhere all the time. That can help everybody all the time. And that's what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians. He said when the Lord left, day of Pentecost, we're going to deal with it maybe in two weeks, Day of Pentecost, guess what? The Holy Ghost came. And now he's everywhere. Amen. Son, there's some good stuff in that. There's, I'm telling you, there's more to it than that, too. I, I found a bunch more places. I knew that I was going to run out of time. But I found a bunch more places where it talks about the ascension in the Old Testament. It's a bigger deal. We, we, we skim over it because it's just two, two or three verses. So we skim over it. But it's a big deal. It, it figured prominently into a lot of Old Testament prophecy, the ascension of Christ, and it was fulfilled to the letter. What a book. <laughs> what a book. I tell you what, the more I study it, the more I'm convinced that I know very little about it. But boy, I want to know more. What a book. Let's stand our feet. Father, Lord, we're thankful, God, that you allowed us to preach a little while tonight. 
on the ascension. Can I just say to you tonight, I'm so glad that I've got a risen and ascended Savior. Lord, I'm so thankful that you're on the right hand of the Father making intercession right now as I'm speaking to you. You're making intercession for my prayers. Lord, you've prayed for me today on that right hand. I want to thank you for that. I want you to know that I appreciate you praying for me. Lord, I just pray tonight, God, that you'd help us keep our our mind on you. Keep the main thing the main thing. Lord, help us as only you can. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray.